If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. You can always reach me by email, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show for those that want to watch the program live or on demand. Actually, watch it on our website. Who knows what Facebook will do if they'll take us down. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope as well. If you're watching there, good morning. If you are listening on the radio on Freedom 95, it is a pleasure to be here no matter where you are watching or listening to this program. It is uh, it's good to be here. So last night was the third and final debate before the 2020 election. Folks, we're down to about, what is it, 10 days or so, 10 days or so to election day. And you know, I, I, a couple of, of, of initial thoughts about last night's debate. Um, number one, Trump had made a decision that the American people were going to hear about Hunter Biden. They were going to hear about his laptop. They were going to hear about the corruption in the Biden administration. They were going to be reminded that all the things that Biden said he was going to fix in American society, I guess, in our government, the way that it works, all these utopian promises. Remember, Biden, by the way, has promised to cure cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and last night we learned that he's also going to uh, get COVID taken care of pretty immediately as well. Also going to repeal the Trump tax cuts. And, you know, I think he made a, a fatal flaw, a very serious flaw with his comments about making a transition from big oil. He's, he's said this before. He said this before. But you look at states like Pennsylvania, Ohio, potentially Ohio. But Pennsylvania is a big state as far as this election is concerned. It's one of those states that Democrats – you know, on paper, the Democrats should win Pennsylvania. And so you look at the role of oil in uh, at least part of that part of that state, and you see a candidate that's out there saying that he is going to effectively do away with it, right? We're going to be moving away from it. Or um, if you see candidates talking about moving away from big coal, this is why 
uh, Joe Manchin's vote as a senator in West Virginia is always so fascinating because they are, um, you know, West Virginia, of course, is a, a big coal state, and the Democrats have done all they can to make coal one of their number one enemies, and so this this hurts them. Now, it doesn't seem to hurt Democrat senators from getting elected in that state, but when it comes to the presidential candidates, Hillary has hurt herself there, and of course, um, Trump is does incredibly well there. So, and Biden not as well. That doesn't do well there as well. So anyway, Biden's comments last night about um, big oil. I've got a soundbite, a montage of, of of clips from Biden talking about fracking, which fracking is a big thing. Fracking. Um, is a big thing in certain states in this country. Fracking is has been very helpful to energy prices whenever oil starts to really creep up in, in cost. Fracking is something that combats that because there's very uh, it's there's better ways when oil gets to those those prices to get these to get energy out of the ground. And so anyway. Fracking is an enemy of of Biden as well. And we've got the sound bites to prove it. He doesn't want to admit that because, again, politics is the art of trying to convince people, trying to convince people you're for something that's important to them when really, when really most of these politicians don't care one way or the other. What they're trying to do is either get into office or remain in office. But I think as the as the debate as this went as a debate, this was the well. Of course, there were only two to choose from, since we didn't have the third one because, um, you know, they again they just didn't want to put Biden in this position. Biden has been protected for a while, and that's what they want to do. They want to keep the guy in the basement. They don't want him to be the face of. Uh, they really just want the ang- your anger, maybe not your anger, but other Americans' anger towards Trump to be the factor in this election that makes them cast their vote for uh, their vote for Biden. They don't want Biden to have to make his case. They want to simply drive the American voter into such a hatred for Trump, such a fear of Trump, that they get them to cast a ballot for Joe Biden instead. So they hide him in the basement and they try to demonize and attack Trump. This is clearly the strategy but this debate did not did not allow that. Trump, I thought, did a good job. He was he gave Biden space this time to answer his questions. And I would say Biden's primetime performances that people actually watch, which include this debate in the first one, uh, Biden did not look. Biden had moments when I thought he was about to really begin to un, unravel. You could tell that he was struggling the more that this went on. He didn't have any incredibly terrible moment um, that was obvious to all people. I think the comment about transitioning from from oil in this country, I think that that is something that is going to potentially hurt him with some undecideds. We shall see. But it definitely was obvious that he was struggling, in my estimation. Now, they'll probably say he was just having a stuttering problem, but it was much 
Um, I think it was it was more than that. I think he was just having whether whether he was tired, whether there's something else that's uh, that's going on. I know there's a lot of speculation about that, and there's a lot of concern about that. These are I think fair questions, and it's again I take no joy in this. I um, pleasure in this and 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 saying this, but there you know cognitively there are questions that need to be I think asked, and they've they've gotten to this point without having to address them really and but I do think that they were somewhat obvious last night in the debate. I also thought that as the debates go that this was run better <clears throat> than most. However, however, it was you know in in a lot of ways the moderator I think did a good job, but you know, my wife and I we commented it was funny every time, every single time. I think the most the most repeated line of the night was something to this effect. Mr. Vice President, would you like to respond to that? I noticed that at every after every issue, Trump would try to get the last word in. And of course he would because she couldn't stop him. But as soon as he finished, she would ask Mr. Vice President, would you like to respond? And so, I mean, it was almost to the point where I was, I mean, it made me laugh. You got to be kidding me. Does he get the, does she realize she's doing this or is this just her implicit bias to use a term the left likes to say against uh, conservatives and so forth? Anyhow, um, but I think it was good. Trump did much better. He was also aggressive. He made sure that people again heard about the Biden laptop, the corruption, how long Joe Biden has been in Washington, D.C., why hasn't Joe, Joe, why haven't you fixed these things? You know, it's amazing to me, Trump would say, it's amazing to me that this guy gets up here, talks about all these things he's going to do. Why? Why didn't he do it for 47 years? Why not? He was vice president for eight years. You know, there were a couple of times Biden, in his response to Trump's comments, he, he would say, well, I was just vice president. Okay, well, are you now saying that the Obama are – are you agreeing with me that you should have done more and the Obama administration did not let you do that? Is that what you're now insinuating, former Vice President Joe Biden? Is that what you're saying here? That's almost what it sounded like. Now, Biden would never say that um, – I mean, he, he did say it indirectly, but he would never say it directly because, of course, it is the Obama administration – Biden and Obama are best buddies and all this sort of stuff. That's what we're supposed to believe. This is the sort of thing that's supposed to help him secure the Obama voter back from from 2008, 2012. And those that love uh, Barack and Michelle Obama, that's what this is designed to do. Of course, my question was, why was Barack Obama one of the very last Democrats to come out and publicly endorse Joe Biden, even after Point this out. This is true, by the way. I've had people say it to me on, I don't know, social media. Well, it is uh, historical precedent that the former president not get involved in the primary process, choosing his or her replacement because um, they want the primary process to run its course without interfering and all this sort of stuff. Okay, fine. But why wait until not only the last Democrat opponent – of Biden drops out. So now there's nobody left. He's still, it was just Biden, Sanders had dropped out, no one else in the field. Barack Obama did not endorse 
even at that point, for several days, for several days. Then Sanders, who had dropped out, comes in and endorses on Biden. And after that, a couple days later, then Obama endorses Biden. Does that make sense to you? But the point is, look, the point is, is that none of these things are what we're supposed to believe that they are. None of these things are are true. This is this is largely smoke and mirrors, and that's why debates, if done properly, which again, what we witness really are not debates. It is a a presentation of of sound bites. We don't get. I mean, how can you get it? You have thirty seconds to respond. Mr. Mr. President, Mr. Vice President, 30 seconds for this, two minutes for that, one minute for this. I mean, come on. And we're talking about complex, fundamentally important concepts and ideas and principles and ideological issues. You got you got 60 seconds. Of course, you got to use sound bites. But again, given the rules and the reality of what this was, I thought Trump did it very well. He was much more, what do I want to say? I don't want to say reserved because Trump's never reserved, but he was much more willing to let Biden talk this time, which I think certainly helped him. He was also aggressive, but and I don't think overly aggressive. I'm sure somebody out there thinks he was still too tough and still too hard on Joe Biden and that sort of thing. The other thing, the other thing was, if if anyone out there was playing the drinking game, which some people do this for <clears throat> things like this, if anyone was out there playing the drinking game and and had to take a drink every time Biden said, "Come on, man," they would have been completely plastered about an hour into this thing last night. Biden, I don't know if they tell him this before. Also, if you would have had to drink every time Biden looked up to the sky and kind of sighed and rolled his eyes, Biden did a lot of that. I think that's, again, this is all coached stuff. When your opponent is talking, you know, look up on the, you know, look up to the sky and just kind of roll your eyes. Make it sound like he's just completely making things up. Just, you know, your body language has to communicate this. And use the word, come on, man. You know how Biden did when he, confronted a, a Democrat primary voter when he said, come on, fat. Remember that? Come on, fat. And then they, the campaign tried to say, Biden said, come on, facts. <laughs> Which, you know, normally I would say that doesn't make any sense. But for, for Joe Biden's comments, you think, well, maybe that, does, maybe that does make sense. Come on, facts. I mean, that's not a complete sentence or even anything really close to a complete thought. The campaign said that Biden was effectively saying that this individual need to consider the facts about what he was accusing Biden of, but that's not what he said. He said, come on, fat. Anyhow, so last night's debate, again, I mean, when it comes to ideas, when it comes to who was in control of that thing last night, it was clearly Donald J. Trump. When it came to who got, you know, again, the kid glove treatment. Anytime Trump pushed too hard on the Hunter Biden email situation, laptop situation, um, the moderator wouldn't let that go too far. She did ask a couple of general questions, but nothing too hard. She didn't press him too hard on on answers or 
anything of the sort pertaining to that, but but this was discussed, and Trump made sure of it. So again, the American people at least got to see that and hear that, um, but whether or not they still understand the level of possible corruption and just all-out bad things that um, have appeared to have been the case from, from Biden and the uh, just the dealings with, with foreign governments and so forth, that uh, whether the average person grips that or cares about that, people that are still undecided, which again, how can you be undecided at this point? I, that's, that's beyond my ability to, to truly comprehend. If you follow this thing, 5%. If you just pay half, a little tiny bit of attention, I don't know how you can be undecided. But they exist, but they exist. And so last night, you know, there's a couple things that I think could have moved them in Trump's Trump's favor, and I do hope that's the case. So that being said, I'll take a time out. want to get into you maybe even playing some sound bites here as we get into the program, but it's a time to take a quick break. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I should say to you that the views expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of our advertisers and sponsors, but of course they certainly should. Be back here in just a minute. You know, I want to start here. I want to start here by playing a a montage. This is something that Vice President Pence uh, tweeted out recently. I don't know, a couple of earlier this week, maybe, I believe. I, I remember seeing it and retweeting it because there was this conversation as to whether or not Biden was for or against fracking. Against Again, fracking is... It's important. Fracking is where you use um, you you inject um, liquids and so forth into the ground, high pressure um, using high pressure technology, and you know you're boring into the ground at a certain angle, and it's it's forcing um, you're able to to pull oil out of the ground, or uh, not just oil, but but energy. Uh, natural gas, I believe, can be this can be done with as well, and it helps. It, it's a more efficient way of pulling energy out of the ground. And so, if, for example, a president says or a presidential candidate says that he or she wants to get rid of big oil, then by very definition. Buy very uh, get rid of oil in general. Get transition away from fossil fuels, right? If you want to transition away from fossil fuels, you also want to transition away from fracking, because if you're not allowed to get fossil fuels out of the ground using fracking, or excuse me, if you're not allowed to get fossil fuels out of the ground, then you therefore eliminate the need for fracking, because that's precisely what fracking does. Okay, so. Biden was really I think again I think he made a very very critical error last night in saying that he was you know he wanted to transition away from oil people in oil producing states which you know immediately places like Texas come to mind but western Pennsylvania Ohio 
um, Oklahoma. Um, you know, when you look at fracking, it's all the way up to the Dakotas. So these are states that that means a lot to them. In fact, when these economies, remember, in the Obama economies, the Obama economy, I should say, when the the new normal was 1% GDP growth or whatever it was, that pathetic, anemic, awful economic situation we found ourselves in Barack Obama's economy, much like Jimmy Carter's economy from the late 1970s. That, um, that economy, what, one of the things that was holding that economy up was fracking. In fact, if, if you go back in your memory and you remember that there were, um, th- there were a lot of really good jobs that were being created in the Dakotas, people were actually moving into those those states and getting some really, really good high-paying jobs because there was such a demand and there were not, I mean, they were, you know, training people left and right. They were paying all sorts of, I think, bonuses and just different things and giving people the opportunity to make a really good living at, at being involved in the fracking industry. So at one point, that was actually one of the catalysts for uh, economic growth in spite of the Obama economy. So, but, but fracking, look, there, it's impossible to list all of the things that the radical left is, is, has made its enemy. Uh, but fracking is certainly on that, on that list. And I want to play this. This is a 44-second soundbite. Now, I want to say, I do want to say this. There are certain sound bites in here where they are specifically talking about banning fracking on public lands. That's what Biden said last night in the debate. I'm not against fracking. I'm against fracking on public lands. Okay, fair enough to a point. But folks, if you say, if you want to say, I want to migrate away from fossil fuels, I want to no longer have an energy, um, have America's energy be predicated upon the discovery, or not the discovery, but the pulling of fossil fuels from the ground. If I want to move from that, I don't want to see fossil fuels be um, the way the the energy source for America. You are therefore saying you don't want fracking because there's nothing else left to frack if you can't frack for natural gas and oil. So as I play that, keep that in mind because Biden may have just offended enough people in, say, Pennsylvania, which is down to, according to uh, the Trafalgar Group, 1.1% was the latest lead Biden had in their poll, which was, I think, taken maybe late last week. That's how close uh, this election is in Pennsylvania. So listen to this soundbite and just think about, to me, this was, it wasn't necessarily a highlight exchange, but I think it may be something that gets negative uh, reaction from voters. Here's this this montage. Again, this was not from the debate, but this is a montage of of, of soundbites that illustrates Biden, illustrates Biden's and Kamala Harris's hatred for and opposition to fossil fuels and, by extension, fracking. Here you go. 
Any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those. I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel. No more, no new fracking. And I gradually move away from fracking. And I think it's critically important on day one that we end any fossil fuel leases on public lands. Oh, well, like, what about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yes. pipeline infrastructure? Yes. pipeline, and, exactly. And, they, they want to do the same thing I want to do. They want to phase out fossil fuels, and we're going to phase out fossil fuels. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. There's no question that Kamala Harris, in the Harris-Biden administration, I should add, there's no question that she is against fracking. She wants to eliminate fracking. Biden wants to eliminate fossil fuels. He's on record there. In fact, that very first question, that very first question that was asked was um, asked at a, I think it was at a debate, a Democrat debate. And, you know, Biden admitted there was no rule for, for fracking in a Biden administration. No room for fracking. Now he wants to take that back. He's being inconsistent. But then again, look, it doesn't matter to many to many voters. Come on, man. Come on, man. Just say that. Look up at the sky, Joe. Roll your eyes. Put that big smile on your face as Trump's talking. Just try to make it look like the guy's making up stuff. Um, we think that you can can cruise through this debate with you know those sorts of behaviors. We don't want you to have to actually engage in substantive debate, exchange of ideas, because candidly, that's when the wheels become uh, start to come off this thing. So got to take a timeout. Come back here, continue our discussion of last night's debate. Final debate here in the, what, final 10 days or so before election day. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So lots of exchanges last night. Adolf Hitler's name was invoked <laughs> in the debate. So was Abraham Lincoln's. I don't know if you caught this last night. Biden, of course, uh, accusing Trump of being racist. Because this whole – look, this was a replay of debate number one. This was a replay of debate number one minus the yelling over one another and – um. The interruptions and the name calling from Biden, you know, Biden called Trump names. Trump clearly interrupted more. Biden uh, just called Trump names in the first debate. This was a redo. We didn't get into foreign policy as we were supposed to. Why did we not get too much into it? Trump made, made sure we got into it a, a little bit. But why did we not? Because it actually helps Trump and hurts Joe Biden. That's why. But there was a, a couple of exchanges. Of course, we had this. This uh, another long discussion of, of COVID, Trump reminding the American people that Biden said that closing the, uh, you know, in, instituting a travel ban with China during the early stages of the pandemic, um, Biden said that those actions were xenophobic and maybe even racist. So there had this this exchange happened in uh, the wake of that. 
far as uh, my relationships with all people, I think I have great relationships with all people. I am the least racist person in this room. Well, what do you say to Americans who are concerned by that rhetoric? I don't know. The, I mean, I don't videos. know what to say. I got criminal justice reform done and prison reform and opportunity zones. I took care of black colleges and universities. I don't know what to say. They can say anything. I mean, they can say anything. It's a very, it makes me sad because I am, I, I am the least racist person. I can't even see the audience because it's so dark. But I don't care who's in the audience. I'm the least racist person in this room. Okay. Vice President Biden, Abraham. let me ask you very quickly, and then I have a follow-up question for you. Please. Abraham Lincoln here is one of the most racist presidents we've had in modern history. He pours <laughs> fuel on every single racist uh, fire. Mm -hmm. Every single one. He started off his campaign coming down the escalator saying he's going to get rid of those Mexican rapists. He's banned Muslims because they're Muslims. He has moved around and made everything worse across the board. He says to the, about the poor boys, last time we were Proud on boys, stage here, he said, I told him to stand down and stand ready. Come on. This Come guy on. is a dog whistle about as big as a foghorn. President Trump, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to respond, and then I have a follow-up. No, you made a reference to Abraham Lincoln. Where did that come in? I mean, <laughs> you said you're Abraham that, Lincoln. No, no, where did that? No, no. You said, I said not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody said, done what I've done for the black community. And I'm saying, I didn't say I'm Abraham Lincoln. I said not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody done what I've done for the black community. Now, that's exactly what he said. Joe Biden, you know, part of me wonders if Joe Biden, when he said it, I thought that Joe Biden was trying to be funny. But then there's a part of me that's like, did he just, you know, insert the wrong name here and call him Abraham Lincoln? I don't know. I don't know. But this is the sort of stuff last night. Again, Hitler's name was invoked as as well. But what these these allegations against Trump, the allegations against Trump that say, Trump is uh, is racist because he calls Mexicans rapists that come across the border illegally. If you go back, it's it's so patently absurd. If you go back and listen to the uh, to to what Trump said, he's clearly referencing people who are criminals coming across the border. He's pointing that out. He's pointing out that there are people with bad intentions, people with uh, criminal histories, people who are members of gangs who come across our border illegally. Folks, that is undeniable. I mean, you can point to individual cases of Americans being killed by people who crossed this, this border illegally, who came into this country illegally. That is undeniable. He was not calling every single person who tried to cross that border um, a rapist or a murderer what on earth who who thinks like that again they don't even think like that they just want to get away with making the allegation they want to to make these allegations of racism stick and that's what trump's saying here i'm the least racist person in this room he says which i love by the way yeah, i'm the least racist racist person in this room i have i have done more for the black community trump says than any other president besides possibly abraham lincoln who uh, who freed slaves. This is what Trump Trump says. And he goes through and he points out some of the things he has done. He goes through and points out how he had to work with Democrats on these issues, prison reform. By the way, Joe, why didn't you and Obama do this? Biden said last night we didn't do it because we had a 
Republican Congress. No, you didn't, first of all. The first two years, you had complete control of all uh, – of both houses of, of, of Congress plus the White House. You could have gotten through whatever you wanted. This is, by the way, why we have Obamacare. Even though the death of Ted Kennedy and the election of Scott Brown created a problem that almost uh, prevented that from happening, nonetheless, they had control in the Senate. In fact, in fact, they had sixty senators, folks. Scott Brown's victory moved that number to fifty-nine for Democrats back then. But Trump kept going back to that. What have you done for forty-seven years, Sleepy Joe? Joe kept saying, "Come on." Come on, come on. That's basically what happened in the debate last night. And then Trump would go back and bring up Hunter's emails and corruption, and I've got some sound bites from that as well. But that being said, i got to take a time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Trump did continue to pound uh, Biden over the laptop from hell, as he called it last night, Hunter's laptop, and continuing to find out more about that, texts and all sorts of stuff that continue to trickle uh, trickle into the news. But listen to this exchange. Now, the moderator, she basically is trying to talk about anything but this you'll hear that during this exchange but trump trump kind of pushes biden into a corner and biden gives an explanation biden gives an ex this is his explanation for hunter's laptop buckle up for this here we go let me ask some follow- me. please respond if and then we're gonna have stuff follow-up is true questions. about russia ukraine china other countries iraq if this is true then he's a corrupt politician. Right. So don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby. Joe, they're calling you a corrupt politician. Nobody. Hey, President Trump, I want to stay hell. on the issue Excuse of race. We're talking about the, the issue. Anything but the laptop. President Trump, we're, we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. Mm-hmm. President Trump, and you've I have disc- to respond to that. Please. Because look, Very there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, of five former of heads course. of the CIA, yeah, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now yeah. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly be. what. Is this that's where you're exactly going? what. This is going. where he's going. The laptop that, right. is Russia, yeah. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia. I want to stay on the issue of race. You okay? have to be kidding. Here Mr. we go President, again with Russia. We're going to continue on the issue of race. Mr. President. Boy, oh boy. Here we go with Russia, Russia, Russia. The laptop is has been planted by Russian operatives. They somehow got Hunter Biden's uh, personal, all of his personal information. They somehow got his signature. They somehow found someone that... uh, has the general you know description of Hunter Biden to take it off to take it to this uh, this shop? They knew they knew that if they took the lap uh, the laptop to this repair shop, that 
the you know they wouldn't go back and pay for it so they knew that the person at the shop would actually review the contents of the laptop and that they would find the contents of the of the laptop and that they would then release the contents of the laptop they knew that they would make a backup onto a hard drive of the laptop cuz they gave the laptop to the FBI that's who knows where that is we've not seen not seen that Comey's probably giving instructions on what to do with that to the new FBI um, you know personnel since he's not there anymore since he got canned Comey's probably giving instructions on how to keep that hidden or destroy it for all we know it's been the victim of one of Hillary Clinton's email uh, excuse me uh, cell phone hammers which of course is what you do right I mean you look at all the electronic devices that the left has destroyed. Even even going back to this, uh, you know, the, the folks that have been investigated here recently, uh, with all of the, uh, you know, the, the the spying and so forth on the Trump campaign, all these electronic devices that had been wiped clean, set their, their factory settings re, uh, the, the reset the factory settings on their iPhones and so forth. The amount of electronic devices that have been uh, that have had bleach bit applied to them, that have had cell phone or that have had hammers smashed into them, or that have just simply been reset to factory settings. It's astonishing. The media has no interest in this. And for all we know, that's what's happened to this laptop. But the Russian operatives knew. They knew that the FBI would get it and probably smash it with hammers. They knew that the owner of this shop would back it up and he would find this information about Hunter Biden. Emails that have been said to have been confirmed in their authenticity, text messages and so forth, all these things they knew that uh, that they would find and that they – hey, that they, um, they, they knew that this would be released just in the final days of the election so that they could get Donald Trump elected again. Donald Trump elected again. Why would they – why would Russia want Donald Trump elected? I, just, it's, I mean in what, what world does this even make sense? Why would they want President Donald Trump? Why? Because he's been nice and easy on them? I mean, it, it's, it's preposterous what they want you to believe. Anyway, Biden says that this is Russia. Russia's the That's why there's a laptop. I don't know anything about this laptop. It's not my, not my son's laptop. It can't be my son's laptop. It's Russia's. Russian plant. Give me a break. That's what Trump says as well, and he's right. This is crazy stuff, but then again, we live in crazy, desperate times. The left is worried about this and scared as they should be heading into Election Day. Got to come back and wrap up. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. back biden also just a couple of other things he he did last night he called for a 15 dollar an hour minimum wage to be uh, the law of the land um which of course you know it's interesting listening to people like biden art try to articulate and defend that he by the way he did add he said that increasing the minimum wage has never put a business out of business I mean, just the, the ignorance and naivete of some of these things that we have to be subjected to. But lots of other leftist ideas were on display last night as well. But 
It was not a good performance. Is it enough? I hope so, folks. I sure hope so. Trump is in good position here with this map. We got 10 days to find out. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. SDG. Take care.